Welcome to episode 21 of Rare! I'm Ashley, and today we're gonna talk about games that use the mechanic of set collection. A lot of games will have you collecting different aspects of them, and we're going to tell you all about our collections of these games. Well, enough of the details, let's roll the dice and get this episode started! Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so we we had the the set collection thing ready to go, and before I forget, I'm Ashley, <laughs> and I'm Ricky. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Been planning on doing the set collection thing for I think a couple episodes because you had wanted to talk about a couple games during the I think the publisher one, right? Or was it a yes. different one? <laughs> I don't know. I know it was something. Oh, it was the 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 random one where we just did whatever games, and you oh, realized yeah, that yeah, like yeah. half the games you wanted to talk about were set collection. So we're gonna do a set collection <laughs> episode. <laughs> Still, keep pushing off Call to Adventure though. <laughs> it's not on this list. <laughs> you you'll get there someday. Someday, Someday we'll we'll come up with the perfect theme for it. And, like I won't have any choice but to have it on the list because it fits so perfectly. How many times have you had it on your list and then knocked it off just for various categories we've done? Probably like three or four times. <laughs> it's okay. I have the like the reverse problem where I'll talk about the same game like three or four times. <laughs> Have you heard about Fuse? <laughs> it's a good game. Don't judge we'll me. We'll tell you all about it. <laughs> that's that's not today because it's not a set collection. You could probably smudge it in there because you're collecting dice, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, you'd be stretching pretty far for that yeah, one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I can... I accidentally went with a theme with my theme. All of mine are Asian-inspired and kind of Asian-themed, and it was totally accidental. They just all happen to have set collection. <laughs> mine? It's not. <laughs> it's okay. You'll you'll break up all of mine, and then it'll be fine. It's like it, it wasn't even there. It's totally fine. I mean... Two of them are fantasy. Yeah. Almost. You, you gotta think. I, th if, I feel like most games are like fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain true. extent. <laughs> but some are obviously more fantastical than others. <laughs> but the first game I'm going to talk about is Lanterns. Lanterns. So, Lanterns is two to four players, plays about 30 minutes, published by Renegade Games, and it's designed by Christopher Chung. So, Lanterns, there, there is a Lanterns dice. I've never played it, 
so i can't (laughs) is it anything likely in turns or is it yes and no (laughs) well i know that sounds like duh yeah uh well, you talk about the game, and then, and then I'll tell you like, the, the similarities and the yeah. differences. Okay, that's fair. Um, so, Lanterns, what you're doing is you are getting ready for the Lantern Festival, hence the Lanterns. And what you do is you have the lake tiles, and then you have the Lantern cards, and then you have the dedication tokens and favor tokens. And then the first player marker, I don't... I understand and then don't understand why some games have, like, the first player marker, especially if the first player does not change or it goes in, like, a clockwise fashion, if that makes sense. Like, usually (sighs) if it has a first player token and it doesn't move, it's because they're wanting to give everybody the same amount of turns. Oh, so that way you remember who started and then... Yeah, so yada, typically yada, yada. if, like, let's say there's four people and, like, first person started, if the third person ends it, the fourth person will still get a turn, but nobody else will. Um, Where if the okay. first person ends it, second, third, and fourth still go, but if the fourth person ends it, it's done. Yeah. Typically. Okay. I feel like if the games use it like that, we normally already remember if that makes sense. And most of the time we yeah. don't even like pull the first player marker like out because we're just like it's we know who went first sort of thing. But I I understand why it's helpful. <laughs> That's yes. why it's there. <laughs> so if you need it, use it. <laughs> yeah. Um but then the 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 game of lanterns, I really like it because it I find it pretty easy and at least all the games that I'm going to talk about today, I find them pretty chill as far as a game mm-hmm. go. Like, they're still competitive, but I don't know if that's, like, a set collection quality or if it's just the games that I chose for it. I kind of think it might be because a lot of the set collection games, like, there's definitely, like, a competitiveness mm-hmm. to it, but it's not as, like, it doesn't feel as aggressive as yeah. other ones for some reason, even yeah. though... You're rushing to get certain sets. It's not... I don't know. I think you're right. I think it is a little bit more chill. Slightly less cutthroat. And and, I don't know. The the first player... This is important. So the first player gets to decide how the starting tile gets laid out. And how the starting tile gets laid out. Because this game only goes up to four players. Because there's only four sides per tile. I think... I think there's an expansion that lets you play with five maybe five to six. I'm not super sure, but I do know there is an expansion for it. I don't know how many expansions there are. I know there's one and it adds like, like I think a token into it that lets you do like additional things than what like the base game does. I don't Um, know if that adds more players. I'm hmm. not sure. Something to look into. This is like most like I would say probably like ninety percent of the games we have we don't have expansions for. And this is not one that we have an expansion for, so I couldn't super tell you. I know Lanterns is one of Renegade's I wanna say like slightly older games. They've had it for a little while. So they probably have a few expansions out for it, I'd imagine. Anyways <laughs> 
So there are four colors on the starting lantern tile and how the first player kind of angles it. Those are the, that's what color lantern cards everybody starts out with. Um, so if the, the red ones are pointed towards the first player and the blue ones are pointed towards the second player, they get the respective color of the lantern cards. Everybody also starts off with three, yeah, three, three lake tiles. Um, and then the number of people playing the game determines the number of lake tiles in the game. And that's when the game ends is when all the lake tiles have been played. So, and the way it works is that there are then the dedication tokens. And then when you get the required number of lantern cards for the dedication tokens, you can swap out your lantern cards for one of the dedication tokens. And the dedication tokens is what get you points for the game. So if you don't trade in your lantern card, you do not get points. So you want to do that. And on your turn, you start off, you can swap out your lantern cards for a dedication token. Or you can use favor tokens and a lantern card to get a different color lantern card. Because each dedication token kind of has different stipulations, like you need one of each color, or you need different sets of them, like you need three colors of three different ones, sort of thing. So that's where like the set collection comes in. And the way you get the colors of the lanterns is that on your turn, at the end of your turn, you play a lake tile from your hand onto the already played lake tile. And if you match up the colors of the lanterns, you get that color of lantern. And then you also get the color of the lantern facing you, but then everybody else gets a lantern color that's facing them. So that's that's one aspect of the game is that everybody's always kind of getting lantern cards. You kind of want to pay attention to how you're playing it. You want to focus more on yourself and not super worried about what everybody else is getting because you want to get so like you want to get more lantern cards. So you really want to try and match up the colors. And then some of the, the lake tiles will have like special features on them. And then that's where you get the favor tokens. If you lay one of those tiles, you'll get a favor token. That's mostly it for the game. That's why it's it's pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, the, the ones that have platforms on them. Yeah. The ones that you get the favor tokens. Yeah. And the platforms think... have like little... Like paintings on them to make them look yeah. nice. I think the one thing. that I remember the most is the one that's got like the dragon painted on it. I think there's one with a panda on it. That's the one yeah, that I was gonna say. think of. <laughs> I remember um, the, the panda. There's not very many of them really no. in the set. And another thing is like the more sides you can match up, the more lanterns you can get. So you could actually yeah. match up like three, three sides and get the lanterns for all of them if you can match up the if colors can, but it's like, really hard to do it's very hard that. to match up more than like even matching two sides is insanely yeah. hard but like obviously early in the game you're not going to be doing too much of that so how lanterns dice is a little bit different it's it's more considered like a roll and write so um in that one you have dice and there's like a tray and you shake it and then there's like the lantern colors on them and then you orientate it 
kind of like the the tiles in the okay regular game and then um like whatever way you have the dice facing people like it goes to the respective people that they're closest okay. to okay okay gotcha but um on the sheet instead of you like placing tiles like it's already got lanterns on the sheet and when you mm-hmm. get a color you fill in the color that you get okay. it's like it's like a little um triangle okay. and then what you're trying to do is make shapes and then there's like firework tiles that when you make a shape that matches one of those tiles you get the tiles and then the tiles have different numbers okay. on them for points i see so it like so it it, 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 it kind of takes it's, it's kind of like reverse lanterns yeah. almost <laughs> but yeah not not very complicated pretty pretty chill i mean i've played it and it can get like a little bit cutthroat because like you'll take a spot that somebody else was planning on putting a tile in and cutting off like their lantern color sort of thing but otherwise i i mean it's 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 really chill i i really enjoy lanterns it was one of the one of the first games that we got like i think nuns on the run and lanterns and if I talk about it, I'll probably remember it because I can't remember them offhand unless I'm like, oh yeah, I remember buying that game and it was like one of the first ones. But I'm I can't remember offhand. But uh, lanterns yeah. is one that we've always heard about. We didn't necessarily play it when mm-hmm. we first started out, but it's really fun and it's also pretty once you get like some of the tiles mm-hmm. out on the table. Yeah, like a nice aesthetic. It is. It's kind of like uh, they're all just sort of expanding, and it does feel. It does. It gives a good sense of like when you, if you go to like a lantern festival and how they put the the lanterns in the water, sort of thing. I think it it has a pretty good feel for that happening. Yeah. And there is an app for it. Oh, that's right. There is like that's Renegade is really good about doing like an online version of their games too mm-hmm. i did find it's, it's a it is pretty too like the the app is also pretty so yeah that's lanterns lanterns <laughs> i think i'll go for my quick game Ooh. it is called fantasy realms <laughs> it is two to six players and it runs 20 minutes uh it's published by whiz kids Ooh. and is designed by Bruce Glasgow. So, Fantasy Realms doesn't sound like anything super special, and the box doesn't really look like anything special, but the game is actually really fun and really, really simple. Um, all it is is just a, a deck of cards, and the rule book is like... Not even, it's like a paragraph of rules and then it's got just mm-hmm. um, examples in it. So it's it's very super easy to learn. Basically what you're doing is you're trying to make the best hand that you can and have the most points at the end of the game. Okay. It says it's two to six players, but the rules change a little bit for two players. It's really like three to six mm-hmm. for like normal rules. 
And so for the normal rules is um, nobody starts with any cards. It's just the deck. And then you draw a card. And But on your turn, you draw a card and then discard a card. So is it, is it kind of like a love letter where you you kind of start off with a card, you draw a card, you pick which one you're playing, basically? No, because you don't play anything. Okay. First round, everybody pretty much has to draw a card. And the second round, you draw a card and then you have to discard a card. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> there's there's different sets. There's like um, weather leaders, armies, beasts, weapons, okay. wizards, and <laughs> each one has um, a base number on it, which is how much it is, just regular by itself. And then there's um, bonus text and pe- penalty text on some of the cards. The okay. bonus is like, it's worth this much, but it's worth this much if you have this card, or it's worth this much if you have this type of card and this type of card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then some of the penalties are, um, it's worth this much with this, but if you have this, then it's worth negative points or something yeah. like that. Like, okay. there's just different combinations that you're trying to make. Mm-hmm. And once you get up to seven cards, like, you can only have seven cards in your hand at a time. And then the game ends once there's ten cards laid out on the table. So what what you do typically is you draw from the top of the deck and then you can discard a card face up. Mm-hmm. But then the next person can take the card that you discarded instead mm-hmm. of drawing from the top of the deck. Okay. So really, if you draw from the table, you're prolonging the game a little bit because you're mm-hmm. not adding to the table, really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you take from the top, then you're going to end up adding to the table. Gotcha. So... But it, it's more like shifting your cards. Like, you might start off with, you know, a certain set, and you're like, oh, okay, this is all right. And then um, you'd have to, like, discard a card, and then maybe somebody discards something, and you need that card. Mm-hmm. And then, or you realize what you have just isn't working, and you have to change your strategy, like, halfway through oh, the game. Gosh, yeah. I, they, I forget which game it is, but it's just, like, a normal card game. And I'll be like, okay, I just need, like, one more card to, like, make this the perfect hand. And then you wait and 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 wait. And you never get that card. And so your hand basically is useless. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot of different combinations that you can do. So you're usually guaranteed, like, a decent amount of points because you always get the points of like the base value and then mm-hmm. like your b- bonuses and penalties and some cards even get blanked which means that they don't do anything at all oh. if you have like the wrong combination of cards mm-hmm. or if something like cancels blanks then you're you're fine yeah. with that it's just it's just a matter of like reading the cards seeing how they work together as far as you know your sets and then just hoping that your hand beats another person. <laughs> um, I think, like, one of the perfect uh, hands that you can get is worth, like, 380 points. And I am I can usually get to, like, mid-200s, typically. Oh, wow. With my hands. Look at so, you. And I, I don't think I've had played with anybody who got under 100. So... Like, you're usually guaranteed at least, like, 100 points. 
doesn't look fancy. It doesn't <laughs> sound anything fancy, but it, it's a very nice set collection, like quick game. Yeah. Like it's almost like a palate cleanser, you know, you play a, a tough game, you get this mm-hmm. out, you make a nice little set and then just move on to something else. But okay. um, I actually heard of this game. It was on the Dice Tower they did a video on like good two player games. They actually consider like liked it as a two player game. Oh, okay. And it's not bad. It it just changes a little bit as a two player, mm-hmm. but not too much. And um they mentioned it on there and I'm like, Oh, that sounds interesting and I actually had to like go find it because it's not like regularly on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Especially with it being by Wiz Kids, like you don't really see many Wiz Kids games yeah, not super really out there so but i ended up getting it i think they recently like reprinted it and made the box a little bit fancier looking <laughs> um but it like even tom vassal who's usually pretty strict says like the the game box design is kind of garbage but the game itself is super fun <laughs> so if you if you ever listen to what Tom Vassell has to say, he gives it a thumbs up. <laughs> that sounds like really interesting. And I, I kinda wanna pick that one up. So yeah, Fantasy Realms. Fantasy Realms. Um alright, so the game that I have also, um, and the art is is really gorgeous for it, is called Kanagawa. Kanagawa it's a two to four player game, about 45 minutes. I feel like we're going to see a trend of all the set collection games probably being under an hour. I don't know about you, but all of mine are. <laughs> I got one that could run up to an hour. Ooh, right on the edge. And Kanagawa is published by Aiello and is designed by Bruno Cathala and Charles Chavalier. I'm gonna say that's how it's pronounced. So Kanagawa, I feel like out of all the games that I'm going to talk about is like the most complicated. And even then it's not complicated, it's just got a little bit going on <laughs> than like yeah, kinda normal. I would agree with that. But cause you you actually showed me Kanagawa because I had gotten it for you and you told me that you already had it. So I'm like, I okay, felt so but bad. this is mine. No, it's fine because I'm like, this is this is a gamble I'm willing to take because I'm like, I kinda want this game. So if Ricky already has it, it's mine and I'll get her a different game. <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> it worked out this time. I got a, I got a game out of the deal. <laughs> and it's a good game. It is. So the Kanagawa is that you are going to art school, basically. So if you've never went to art school, it's a great game for you. You can go to art school. There you go. <laughs> and what I, I like about the game is that it comes with like a little like bamboo mat that you put the cards on. And it's really cute. It's very, very thematic. And it has like these little like brush and pots kind of thing. It's, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. But the way the game works is it's a set collection because you're working on making a collection of paintings that line up in a way that net you the most points. That's kind of what it is. So you start off with one of the starting tiles. 
there's there is a little bit going on on the tiles so like the starting tiles is you'll start off with like one of the seasons and one of the landscapes and the landscapes is i see it as like basically like the pink color so there is black blue green and yellow and each one of those will line up with the paintings that you can paint and the paintings will require a certain landscape to be selected so the starting tile doesn't super matter it's it's totally random so like either way you're gonna be pretty good um and then each starting tile will also start off with a different season and there's the four seasons summer winter fall spring i almost said summer a second time <laughs> summer winter fall summer <laughs> just skip right over spring there is no spring there is only summer <laughs> can we get rid of can we substitute the second summer like can we get rid of winter yeah, yeah like just spring summer no, fall summer no winter yeah there we go that's the perfect it's totally perfect <laughs> and then each player starts off with two of the little like brushes and the brushes are kind of cuz this has like a little bit of like a uh, worker placement vibes to it a little bit because where your little brush pots are is what color you're using for the painting is what i like to to say it's the landscape of it but i just like to associate it with the color because that just makes more sense for me yeah and then there is cards that go out on the mat and those i think all but one of them start off face down is that right I think a majority are face up, but one of them is face, face down. down. Oh, I think it depends on where they're at on the mat. Yeah. So <laughs> the mat. Will... I think <laughs> typically, like in a like a column, it's like two face up, one face down, but a different combination. Yeah, yeah. That is that is it. I have it. I have it on my little. It's right here. I see it. Hello. I even I even looked at this before before because I'm like it it the last time I played it was with you so I'm like how does this game work exactly? <laughs> it, it's like it's easy but there's just little things that if you don't play it for a while you like mm -hmm. forget. And then so there are the the lesson cards and then there are the diplomas. And the way the game works is that you can, the player with the the master token is kind of like the first player because they're playing as like the master. And then they flip over the appropriate lessons on the mat for the number of players in the appropriate face up or face down. And then you can decide to stay in school or you can decide to go off on your own. It means you've learned your lesson. <laughs> I love <laughs> it's you put it into practice but I like to say you've learned your lesson um and then you choose a stack of the lesson cards so there are certain cards that will net a player the the assistant and if they get the assistant they then get the grandmaster otherwise the grandmaster stays with whoever has the grandmaster it sounds like it doesn't get moved around a lot and most of the time at least when we played it as a two-player, it didn't super matter. 
but I can see how in like a three or four player game, it'll get passed around a lot because you're going to go through a lot more cards then. But then you can choose to, you can expand your print or you can improve your studio. And so the lessons cards will have a picture of the print. And then on the left side, they'll have certain symbols. And if you want to expand, improve your studio, you won't use the print side. You'll use the side with all the icons. You'll flip it upside down, slide it underneath your uh, starting tile. And those will kind of give you more places to put your brush pot. And that will allow you to use different like landscapes. It will allow you to get the Grandmaster token. Those are the kind of things that you can use the prints for. Instead of using them as a print, you can use it to improve your studio. And then if you want to use it as a print, you have to make sure that you have the right landscape picked on, like the color picked that your brush pot is on. That's kind of the most difficult part of the game um, because you can move the brush pot around, but you can only move it one space. So it can be a little bit slow. You can only do that once per turn. And that's the only other way you can kind of get different landscape colors. And all the pictures, they'll have different symbols on them. They'll have different seasons. Um, so, and the way you get points is with the graduation tokens. And with the way the graduation tokens work is that it'll say, oh, you need so many people. And then you'll get a graduation token. Um, and there are different levels of the graduation tokens. And if you hit a certain level of it, like if there's the one with, um, I'm just throwing a number because I'm not sure offhand, if the graduation for the people is like, oh, you need at least three people, and then you have three people in your print. If you have three people in your print, you can take the graduation token for the three people, or you can pass it and want to get a higher level. But if you bypass the one that has like three people, you can't go back and get it. So if you never get another person, you can't be like, oh, I'll take the three people now. You, When you hit that milestone, you have to decide then whether or not to take it, basically. Yeah, so like if somebody else is also going after the people and they've already passed and they're working on the next higher one, mm -hmm. you can either try to race them for it or you can take the one below it because you know that they're probably going to get it before you and you don't want to pass up and not get any points. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little bit of a push your luck almost in mm -hmm. that sense if if you think that you can get something higher if not just take the points that you know that you can get because then then the tricky thing is that you're because there are like multiple different diplomas and they're all different colors you can basically only have like one of each color so you mm -hmm. can't like get multiple people diplomas you only get like one of them so you can get the one with three or you can push your luck but so that's kind of how the, the diplomas work. So those those get you points, but they're not the only thing that gets you points. Your print will also get you points. So all the prints have different seasons and the different seasons you want them to line up. So you want a 
string of like fall season. You don't want that to be broken up by like a random spring or summer or anything like that. You want seasons to kind of be clumped together. You want the most of certain seasons. And your starting tile will start off with a certain season, but you by no means have to use it. It's a little bit easier to kind of work with what you start with, but you don't have to by any means. There are ways to get basically wild seasons. Um, it's like a little thunderstorm cloud and it kind of covers the season on there. Some of the prints will also have those. Um, so those are considered whatever season you want them to be a part of. So if they're in the middle of a bunch of falls, it, you would want it to be considered a fall for the purposes of that. And there are limited ways to get more like thunderstorms to like block your seasons and then the game ends when either the deck is empty or when a player one or more has at least 11 cards in their print which i feel like happens probably more frequently than the deck running out yeah, I think I've played it with two people and with four people, and it ended with the 11 cards. I don't think we've ever run out of the deck. Yeah, because I feel like when you're playing with more people, you're going to want to be quicker on making points, which means you're quicker at like filling out your print. Yeah, I think the only way that you'd probably run out of the deck before you'd hit 11 is if everybody's staying in school until like the board is completely filled up. like almost every time yeah hell i mean that's kind of a quick and dirty way of explaining kanagawa it's it's got like a lot of like little pieces it's not super complicated once you get going it's just a lot of everything is like intertwined sort of thing so it's not it's not crazy difficult the art is really really pretty very um japanese inspired very gorgeous and pretty and i'm glad ricky it's... already owned it so i could also own it yeah it's it's very it's a very artsy looking game and it's a very artsy themed game so if you do know anybody who likes that kind of stuff i'd probably recommend it yeah for uh, them that's kanagawa 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 Aww. Okay. Okay. So, my next game Ooh. is called Lost Cities. Ooh. And it is a two-player only game. Ooh. And runs about 30 minutes. It's published by Cosmos and designed by Reiner Nizia. Oh, that's the guy who did uh, Modern Art, I think. Uh, so this, I think this has, like, a couple different editions, and, like, it's been redone a couple times. I can't say for sure which one we have, but I think it's one of the older ones. I don't think it's the oldest, I, but I think it's, like, mm. older. Okay. Um, but it has, like, a little board in it, and it's got, um, five different colors. So it's got, like, red, yellow, green, blue, and white and the different colors have, like, different, like, landscapes to them. Mm -hmm. Because, basically, um, you're, like, an explorer, and you're going to these lost cities. Mm -hmm. 
and you're trying to collect sets of cards in the different colors. So you'll start off, so each person will start off with a hand, but you're, you're trying to have the most cards in a set of the different colors, okay. but you kind of want to watch what you do because it's almost like you're going on an expedition and expeditions aren't cheap. Like you have to pay for the expedition. Mm -hmm. So if you go, if you go to a location, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you have to you have to pay for it. So there's um, multiplier cards, and then there's the numbers um, one through ten for the each different color. So there's three multiplier cards, and then one through ten. Okay. Once you lay down a card, you're considered to be going to that like location okay and so at the end of the game if you don't have enough points in that location you automatically get minus 20 points oh geez. like that's that's oh. the cost to go on the expedition okay but if you can exceed that number then you don't get the minus 20 okay so it's kind of like once you play a card on a certain like color mm -hmm. you gotta kind of commit to it <laughs> Because <laughs> if you don't, you're going to lose points. Um, what the multipliers do, though, it's like um, times two, times three, times four. So if you have multipliers down and then you also don't make it, then mm -hmm. those multipliers get multiplied to the negative 20. Okay. But they could also give you a bunch of points if you can make it. Yeah. Um, another thing is, too, is... When you're playing, you have to play in ascending order. So um, once you play a card down, like say you played a five, you can no longer play one through four. You have to keep going up. Okay. Okay. And then um, when scoring, if your numbers equal 20 or more, then um, you don't get like, I guess you do still take out the 20. So, like, if you got exactly 20 points, that expedition would, like, break even. Mm -hmm. But if you have more than 20, then obviously you're going to come out in the positive. Yeah. So, um, basically, that's the game. Like, you're just trying to collect sets of the different cards. You can try to do, like, one or two. Um, I have tried to push my luck and get cards in, like, <laughs> all of the colors. But you're kind of spreading yourself really thin yeah. at that point. Because the game goes until like the deck runs out, and so um, it's another one of those things. Like on your turn, you draw a card, and then like um, either play a card or discard a card. Okay. So it's one of those things. Like the what the board is for is that where that's where you can discard cards. Mm -hmm. But when you discard a card, somebody else can pick up your card. So if okay. if you see that they're going for a specific color, you might not want to play like a low number for them early until after they've maybe already played it. Like mm -hmm. if you have a three and they have a two, you might want to hold on to the three until they play like a four or five. Mm -hmm. And then you lay it down and then they're like, oh, I can't believe you had that card the whole time <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but you also don't want to like hold on to too many cards that you can't use because you're just hindering yourself mm -hmm. on getting cards that you could use. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, a balance of not playing into your player's 
your op- opponent's hand, mm-hmm. but not hindering yourself either, yeah. and then trying to have you know the most points at the end Mm -hmm. and then you play like three rounds and then whoever has the highest at the end of the three rounds wins the game okay so it's it's pretty simple i i would say that this one it's not super aggressive but it's probably a little bit more aggressive just because it's a one-on-one and you can purposely kind of like hinder the other person Mm -hmm. by holding on to cards that they need yeah but it's it's not super heavy and it, it's super light and it can go pretty quick. But I really I really like that game. I don't we don't get like like I said, we don't really play it that often anymore. Yeah. He doesn't like playing it with me. <laughs> How rude! But yeah, lost cities. Go explore on expeditions. Yeah, very nice. Well, my last game is also kind of about expeditions. It's called Takedo. Takedo. Um, it plays two to five players. It's uh forty-five minutes. It's published by Funforge, and it is designed by Anton Bowser. I'm gonna say it like that, cause that's how I'm feeling. Um, so Takedo is uh your walking through japan you're going on a trek through japan going on a trip in my favorite rocket <laughs> ship <laughs> um so the the way the game works is that you start off because you can actually go backwards so Edo is where you end kyoto so you start, you start in Kyoto and you end in Edo. And the nice thing about this game is that you can basically start or end in either one. There's no reason that you need to start in Kyoto and end in Edo. You can start in Edo and then in Kyoto. I mean, you can do like a round trip is go there and come back. That's the nice thing about the game is it's, it's got a little bit of flexibility. And the way the game works is that the last player always goes first. And the way the board is set up, it looks a little weird. There's a bunch of dots on the board and then a bunch of like bigger circles that have pictures inside of them. And what you do is um, everybody gets a character. All the characters have like special abilities. The players with special abilities, I think there are some with like easier abilities versus harder abilities and they're they're all fun to play as um i think one of the easier ones i think there's like a little kid and they're a little kid and they're hungry so when they stop at an inn to get food they can get it for like a coin less basically which is really nice because the food ranges from like i think three coins to one coin so there's a chance that you can get like free food so the last player will go first which is one of the hardest things to remember but i do like it because it always gives that person a chance to go they can sometimes drag it out and that's because when the last player goes they have to move kind of in front of everybody they have to move at least at first because they're last but they can choose anywhere along the board up until the next end because you always have to stop at the end. 
So if you wanted to, you could bypass all the other stuff going on and just go immediately to the end. <laughs> you start off with a certain amount of money. I think it depends on the character you pick. So you could start off with three coins. Or you could start off with like seven coins. What you could do along the board is that you can stop at a village. Um, and at the village, you can buy souvenirs. So this is where one of the sets comes in. And um, the sets are, you kind of want one of everything in a set. So there's like toys and clothes and like knickknacks and there's there's symbols on all the cards and you want to make sets up with those so you can start on multiple sets because there are multiple spaces of these along your journey so you might be able to make a couple of sets before the end of your journey so in the the different sets you get more points for like the bigger your set is so like the most points you can get from a set is if you have um, one of everything, which there are four different types of souvenirs. And if you do that, you would get eight points. So that's the most you can get from like a set of souvenirs. Um, the next place you can stop at would be a farm. And when you stop at a farm, you get three coins. So it's a nice way to build your bank back up. The other set collecting thing that you can stop at and start collecting is the panorama. So there are three different panoramas you can complete. If you're the first one to complete the panorama, you get the um, bonus points for completing it first. And you do get points um, for each piece of the panorama that you collect. So there's a smaller one that's kind of like um, hills. There's a bigger one that's kind of like cherry blossoms. And then there's the biggest one, which is like a seaside lake sort of thing one and then there is a different bonus for each of those panoramas being completed each one has its specific spot on the road the more people you play with the harder it is to collect the panorama because the other thing is that there are only so many spots at some of these sometimes there's only one spot sometimes there's two very rarely there's three um i think the in has space for everybody, but that's the only space that has space for everybody. I think the most on the board outside of the inn is three spots. Another spot you can stop at is the hot spring, which just kind of gets you more points. It's like a nice relaxing thing. I think it it gives you most of the time, I think like three points. Um, and then the temple, you can donate up to three coins. The way that that works is at the end of the game, it's whoever has like the most in the temple gets so many points, second most gets so many points, and third most gets so many points, and it stops after that. So if you're only playing with like two or three people, and you're the only one that's been donating to the temple, you're pretty solid locked in. You don't need to donate a lot at the temple. One of the last things you can stop at is an encounter. Um, there are a couple different types of encounters. They can either get you more panorama pieces if you don't have them yet. Um, they can just get you more points. Um, they can get you souvenirs. Uh, you can get coins. Or you can get an automatic offering to the temple. So 
pretty nice. They're all pretty good. Um, and then the very last thing that you do, it's kind of your pitch stop going in between everything, is stopping at the ends. So once you go to the end, you stop. You stay there. Um, the first player at the end pulls out the food carts, and they pull out as many players plus one. So even the last player can look at two cards. Isn't that nice? Oh. So this is where another set comes into effect. There's a lot of sets in this set collection game. And this is one of my favorite games too. There's just so many sets to collect. So there's there's just uh, different types of food you can't eat. And you can't eat the same type of food. So like if you eat dango at one end, you can't eat dango at another end, like period, flat out. So one of the things that people do is when they go to the end first and they see, oh, everybody has already eaten this kind of food. I'm not going to eat that kind of food because there's other kinds of food in here I can eat. And then when it gets back to those players, they might not be able to buy food. So that does that does happen. It can happen. You can also have no money when you get to the end. That's happened before. Or you don't have enough to buy the food anyways. So you, you always have the chance to buy the food, but you don't have to buy the food. It does get you more points at the end of the game if you buy the food, though. And then the game ends when the last player gets to the other end of the map. Or you can make a round trip. Totally up to you. Yeah, that's that's the basics of Takedo. And I think it's it's refreshing to have like the last player goes first. And if all the other players have kind of gone on further ahead, the person that's last can kind of like take their time and like stop at everything possible and just do that sort of thing. But when there's a lot of players, they tend to get like clumped up and they might prevent somebody from going to a certain location or anything like that. Normally people start picking things that they're doing. Like a lot of people will just be like, well, I'm just going to make the panoramas and just focus on the panoramas and maybe stop at like a hot spring or something like that along the way. And other people will focus fully on like getting the souvenir sets and just really buckle down and get money and souvenirs but then people will block you from going to the farm to get more money and force you to stop in certain locations and yeah it's it's got a lot of nuance to it this is actually one of the games that i bought an expansion for it just adds a couple more cards to the different sets it adds another set to collect <laughs> Um, and it adds a couple more characters that you can play as too. But Takedo is, it's, it's a game that we, we really enjoy. We like to play it, um, play some nice music on in the background and just chill while we're traveling across Japan. Yeah, I think this one we've looked at, and before I played it with you guys, Whenever we looked at the back, we're just like, what the heck is this? Because <laughs> like, I think it has a picture of the board on the back, and you just look mm -hmm. at it, and the board is so different mm -hmm. than pretty much any other game that I've seen. And it, it just looks weird. 
mm-hmm. and confusing and I don't know. Like, I think it threw us off enough because we never got it. Yeah. But when I finally played it with you guys, it was actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's again, it's just, I think it's just a, a collection kind of game where it's just, it's, it seems like pretty chill and cool, but then it's also insanely cutthroat at the same time. I think what makes set collection, like, slightly more chill is because you're not all necessarily going after the same thing. Mm. The only time it really gets cutthroat is when, like, two people or more are all going after the same set. Mm. Yeah, But if true. everybody's going for their, like, own things, then mm-hmm. it's not really that big of a deal if somebody gets something because you're like, oh, that's okay, I'm not going for that anyway. So I think that's why it... It's a little, it could be a little bit more laid back yeah. than some other mechanics because everybody could just be doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the more people you get in set collection games, the more that those sets start to become more rare because maybe when you're playing a, a certain game that has set collection and you always go after like this one set and then you're playing with somebody else who also decided they want to go after that one set and it's just because you're playing with more people than normal and and you're like but that's that's my set <laughs> and they're like but i want that set too and it's like that's no too, that's too my bad. set <laughs> but yeah that's that is tokaido tokaido very very asian inspired okay. <laughs> all right my last game is game. called Ethnos. 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 It's two to six players. Ooh. It's 45 to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. So long. It's published by Simon and it's designed by Paolo Mori. Mm-hmm. So. Ethnos is actually a set collection and area control mixed together. Mm-hmm. So I won't really get into Euro games, but it's a Euro game. <laughs> so like there's a it's not a very big board, but it is like a decent sized board mm-hmm. and then it's got like the victory points like around the edge mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the middle is like a map that's split into different regions and each region has its own color. If you're playing with two to three people, you only play over two ages, where if you're playing with four to six, it's three ages. And it basically that's just like rounds. So you have your turns mm-hmm. and then you have rounds mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's victory points associated with like the different ages. So um, and in the different regions, there's like little boxes of, Above or below them that you put like little tiles in and you order the tiles from lowest to highest and they range between like 0 and 10 but I think it's only even numbers so it's like 0, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 and then everybody gets um, little chip looking things of a color and those are like your area control pieces and then there's the cards so Uh, The cards are made up of different races, and I think there's, in the base game, there's 12 all together. 
And then there's like a promo pack of fairies, which we ended up getting. So you can play with fairies. But another thing, um, with two to three players, you only pick five of the twelve. And then if you're playing four to six, you get six of the twelve. Okay. And then there's like cards that don't do anything. They just, you shuffle them and then you flip them over and whatever ones you pick, those are the ones you play with. Okay. And then there's like so many cards of each race. And then you shuffle those up, um, deal a card out to everybody, and then there's three dragon cards that, um, so once you make the deck up and you have it all shuffled, you split it in half, and then you take the three dragon cards and you shuffle them into one half, and then you put the other half back on top. So the three dragon cards should be in the bottom half. Okay. I gotcha. And then um, on your turn, you can either draw a card or play a band, which a band is like a tribe. And you can either go by color or by race. So when you're playing a band, you can either do like all dwarves or you can do all like reds. Okay. Okay. And then when you're playing bands, you can play one through six, because if really if you play anything more than that, you're not going to get any more extra points than if you play a six. Um, and then when you're playing them, whichever um, race you have on top is the leader of that band, and their ability takes effect. So each race has its own ability. Okay. So for example, um, dwarves. If you play a dwarf leader, your band counts as the number of cards plus one. So really, if you play three cards for that band, when you're scoring, it counts as four cards. So you'll get extra points. Um, Another one is elves. So elves, however big your band is, is how many cards you can keep in your hand. Because whenever you play a band, you have to discard all of your cards. But elves, like, if you play a band of four cards, you can keep four cards in your hand and you don't have to discard them. Wizards, they'll let you um, draw cards equal to the number of the size of your band. So that's where the set collection part comes in, is you're trying to make the bands and the different bands. Like, if you only play one person, it's not worth any points. Mm -hmm. If you play... Two, it's worth one point. Three is three. Four is like six. Five is ten. I think six is fifteen. Okay. So the size of your band will get you different amounts of points. And then to play for like the area control thing, when you play a band, again, um, the leader that you play depends on where you can put a control marker. So if you play like a red leader, you would put a control marker in the red region Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then um to play your first marker you only need a band of one but that's kind of silly Mm -hmm. um to play a second marker you have to play a band of at least two in the same region play a third marker you have to play a band of um at least three so you always have to play a band one higher than the amount of control markers you have in a region but you could also play in like all the different regions. And then um, at the end of the age, so that's where the three dragons come in. Like um, once you draw the third dragon, the age ends. 
Okay. So it could be anywhere between like halfway through the deck or you could actually go through the entire deck. Okay. If you get lucky enough that the third dragon is <laughs> the last card, yeah. which actually does happen. Ooh. Like we had it where we drew like we were like exactly halfway through the deck and got two dragons. Oh, and no. so like we were freaking out because as soon as the third dragon is drawn, the the round ends, like no matter whose turn it yeah. is. Yeah. So we were, like, freaking out, and it ended up being the very last <laughs> card of the deck. You don't know what to do. You're, you're not really sure if you should, like, go on this long-term goal because the dragon could be drawn at any minute now. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gets to the point where you try to start playing cards as fast as you can mm-hmm. so you can at least get some points mm-hmm. rather than no points. And then it turns out it's the very last um, card of the game. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also one of those things like when you discard, you play to the table, and then somebody can draw from the table instead of the deck mm, when they draw cards. Okay, so so and so it's nice that people can't really like hoard cards mm-hmm. unless they have el unless you're playing with elves because you always have to discard your hand after you play a band, uh, which is a rule we tend to forget sometimes. Yeah, because you want to very important to your cards, <laughs> and then how. The points work is at the end of the age, um, if you have the most control markers in a region, you'll get the points for that region. Mm. And then um, if you happen to be tied for first place, then you'll take those points and divide them in half and split them. Oh, okay. So, So the first age, you only get the first number. The second age the first player gets the second number and the second highest gets the first number. But if you're tied, then you take those two numbers and you split them. And then if you're playing with a third age, it's first, second, third. Mm -hmm. And then if you're tied, then you take the points and you split them. Okay. So I've, I, maybe we've done it once. Usually we only play it with two or three people. So we only Mm -hmm. get to play two ages. I think we've only, we've ever gotten to play three ages like one time mm-hmm. but i really enjoy this game i like the different races and their abilities and i like the fact that um it's randomized like you never know which races you're gonna play mm-hmm. with and you can get like a different combination like every time yeah that's nice that is when it's like a completely random randomization and like you might pick out like favorite races or whatever but yeah like it's yeah you could you could definitely like go through and pick the num like the specific yeah. ones you want to play with like it doesn't have to be random but if you don't really have like favorites or you're just getting mm-hmm. used to the game or you could even do it like okay we played with these six last time let's play with the other six this oh, time, yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. just to like especially when you first get a game just to get used to how all the things work and then you can just go in and randomize everything all over again yeah but there's a lot of interesting races like like, so there's the wizards the elves and the dwarves which are kind of like you know typical but then there's Mm -hmm. like merfolk and centaurs okay um bird folk which kind of look like kenku if you're familiar with kenku from DD. you can play as orcs and giants or not as, but with orcs and giants. Mm-hmm. And then um, the merfolk giants and the orcs actually have boards that do kind of like different things too. Mm-hmm. So it adds like an even another element to it. 
the fancy. If you're playing with those races. So there's a lot of um, replay value for this mm-hmm. for me. Because, like I said, you could play with a different combination every time. And so, like, your strategy might be a little bit different depending mm-hmm. on what mm-hmm. races are out. Yeah. But I like the fact that it's not, like, super heavy area control. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, all about that. And I do like, like, the set collection of it. And sometimes you do race each other for different things because, like, sometimes one race is a little bit better than some of the other races. So mm-hmm. you, everybody wants, like, that race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's also halflings. So the fun thing about the halflings is when you play a halfling as the leader, you can't place an, a control marker. But there's, like, I think twice as many halflings in their race oh, deck than there are like... anybody else. So they're better for getting, like, bigger bands. Okay. And then there's, like, skeletons, which um, they'll die before you score, but they could help push you to get, like, a, a control marker on the board. Oh, like, they'll okay. push they're your like... band up high enough where you can put a yeah. marker down. They're Which, it, it's not... A huge issue trying to get control markers in a two or three player game, but mm-hmm. I could imagine like if you're at six players and you're all fighting for you know mm-hmm. those ten points, yeah, <laughs> in that one region, like I could see how like a skeleton could really help push oh, you, yeah, to get that like band there. number up yeah. there so you can get your tokens up there. Okay, okay, I can understand how that works. Okay, yeah, so. I, I really enjoy it. I wish I could get it out more than what I do, mm-hmm. but um, I really enjoy playing this game a lot. It's one of my favorites. So yeah, Ethnos. Yay! <laughs> I like those games. I think I've 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 seen most of them. I think if I remember right, Ethnos comes and it's kind of like a bigger box and it's mm-hmm. is it a dark box i want to say it's kind of like green it's, it's blue blue it's very <laughs> i can't picture it like right off the top of my head but it's kind of like blue and like browns and beigey okay and it, it looks really busy mm-hmm. and then it like, <laughs> kind of just got ethnos like in the middle of the, like the cover mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think it's still in print. I think I've seen it at the guard tower still. I think so. I think I've seen it out and about when I go to so, a game store. If you if you kind of like... I think out of all of the set collection, this is a little bit more strategy yeah, heavy seems than some of the other ones. a little bit heavier than some of the other ones. But it's not so much like... Like the rule book looks bigger than what it is Mm -hmm. because they have a lot of like examples in it and um, they even have a section where they explain all the different races and what they can do and I think it even has like some flavor text to it Mm. for the races and then there are some slight rule differences between two and three players and then four to Mm -hmm. six kind of thing yeah so and then there's like the whole setup all that so yeah the rules itself aren't very long (laughs) yeah i would say um 
that that's some of the some set collection games require a lot more sorting before playing or like immediately after playing you have to like sort everything back and because like Takaido's like that where each there's like multiple kinds of sets and we have to like make sure each thing is like set correctly into the right order and everything again and then yeah. Kanagawa is just all one deck so it'll get shuffled it together sort of thing so <laughs> yeah with ethnos the only thing i really do is just um when the game's over just split the races all back into their own decks so they're easier to get to and find when you're mm-hmm. like setting up for the next one but other than that i don't worry about like trying to get all the colors together or anything no. i just make sure yeah, all the races are together yeah because the races are what you decide goes where it's not the the colors <laughs> yeah all right set collection games are so much fun i really like them <laughs> let us know what your favorite set collection game is because <laughs> there's there's um i know i've talked about like a couple of them i know what i've talked about was like the homes and mycroft well sherlock and mycroft <laughs> um because that one it's it's very obviously a set collection, but I didn't realize it was a set collection. I mean, you're straight up collecting pieces of evidence, and I'm just like, oh, it's a set collection game. Yeah. <laughs> um, like some other games I had listed, but didn't. I'm not going to go into detail, is like Biblios, which is like a straight up set collection. Like, <laughs> there's really nothing else about it. <gasps> Um, I just, I liked some of the other games a little bit better than Biblios. Mm-hmm. And then there's a two-player game called Jaipur, oh, which I is another, like, Jaipur. definite set collection game. Yeah. And then, um, Five Tribes is yeah. another set collection game. I have heard of, I've heard of, I think, all of those before. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about them eventually. Oh, yeah. Not not today not today we'll find another way to talk about them but yeah i i hope somebody finds a good set collection game or decides they're they're wanting to try out a set collection game they're they're tons of fun they're pretty normally pretty chill which is really weird to think about considering how cutthroat they can get pretty chill all around couple good two player ones couple the bigger ones, Takedo goes yeah. up to five, and Ethnos goes up to six. So, pretty pretty good variety today, I think. Yeah, I think set collection is usually pretty straightforward too. Mm-hmm. Like they're not usually too complicated. I think Kanagawa would probably be the most complicated mm-hmm. out of all of the ones we talked about. I mean, set collection is set collection. You're just trying to collect certain sets sets. yeah that's usually just about it pretty pretty nice uh before we wrap up what's our question for today what's your favorite pizza Ooh, i'm i'm gonna be weird get lots of controversy started up i like a hawaiian pizza no get me some pineapple on a pizza we Mm. can't be friends anymore good stuff (laughs) set sweet sweet and salty if you've never had it you should try it i have and i didn't like it you didn't like it i'm sorry i hate pineapple i don't 
Oh, you don't... I don't hate, hate warm pineapple, but I'm not a huge fan Mm -hmm. of warm pineapple. I think for me it kind of depends on, like, the kind of pineapple that gets used, if that makes sense. Because if it's, like, the crushed pineapple, where there's, like, not much pineapple and it's mostly mush, that's not super great. But you gotta get the, like, the little, like, triangle pieces. I'm also... (laughs) I'm also not a fan of, like, sweet meat. Oh. Okay. So, like, I don't like, like, sausage and maple syrup. Like, that's... That's, like, the only way I eat Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. The only way I eat sausage is just like, smothered I think in I syrup. <laughs> ex- like, honey ham is kind of okay for me, but it's not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like, like, sweet beef or sweet chicken or mm, stuff like that so okay. i think that's where i don't like it yeah um one of my favorite pizzas is um like white sauce instead of pizza mm, sauce mm-hmm. with chicken and tomatoes and bacon basic like chicken bacon ranch chicken bacon ranch pizza, pizza. yeah or a chicken a buffalo pizza is really good too mm-hmm Jason, I know, really likes the taco pizza. I don't care for those. Or, you know, classic pepperoni. You can never really go wrong. You can't go wrong with classic pepperoni. But one way you can let us know what your favorite kind of pizza is, is on our Discord. So Yeah, we got a Discord. So you can chat with us about your favorite games, what games you want us to talk about. There's also a group for the Redbeard Chronicles, if you're into that as well. And you can Just find... fill up the chats with random pizza stuff and yes. like, make everybody else confused. Yes, please. Make them want to listen to Rare. <laughs> um, you can find the link on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Facebook's uncontrollably fine and twitter and instagram is at uncontrol fine but i guess that'll wrap up suck collection games i'm ricky and i'm ashley and we'll see you next time next time bye, bye.